This is What's That About? We've all heard the stories of the mum that lifts the car off the child in a dramatic rescue. And today we're going to look at whether this hysterical strength actually exists or not. So never mind hysterical strength. I wouldn't mind a little bit of actual strength. Yeah, that uh, would be nice. I, I reckon I'm possibly the weakest human in the species. I, well, I can beat you in an arm wrestle and I'm the second weakest. So that <laughs> sort of makes sense. Yeah. The weird thing is because I've got a little bit of roly-poly around the lummox, like I'm, I'm very much like a little dumpling-shaped person. <laughs> I have the facade that I might have a little bit of muscle under the under the padding. Mm. But one day I used to do, um, as you know, Kung Fu. And it was a demonstration where this karate champion was putting a demonstration on and I was a volunteer out of the audience. And key to this arm lock that he was going to put on me was the requirement that the person had a bicep. <laughs> that a bicep existed. That a bicep existed. So as they went to put this move on me, because I, I don't have a bicep, like it's just flat from the shoulder down to the elbow. It's flat. The move didn't work, and it just got very, very awkward as he tried to apply more and more force to my bicep, which wasn't there. That's <laughs> hilarious. You're, I always thought your arm looked a bit like Popeyes. You've got no bicep, but a massive sort of <laughs> <laughs> forearm. <laughs> It's because I never do strength training. If I exercise, I just run. So, my arms have not been needed for about 15 years, I don't reckon. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the thing that I... I first came across hysterical strength when I heard, read this story about a grandma that was on her ride-on mower and she accidentally kind of mowed over her granddaughter and she was very old, but in the heat of the moment, she managed to run across and lift up the lawnmower so the daughter, the granddaughter could escape with minimal injuries. And then the mm. next day when the news crew was there, they asked her to lift up the mower and she couldn't even, essentially couldn't even bend over. Like, she was that old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was, that was kind of the, my first exposure to this idea of hysterical strength. But do you have a, do you have a proper definition for us? Okay, so it's a display of extreme strength by humans beyond what is believed to be normal, usually occurring when people are in life and death situations. So it's the extremeness of it. So it's not a strength that you can replicate another time. It's only in this one-off life or death situation. Very specific uh, circumstances. And that, that makes it very hard to establish the validity of it because you can't engineer these situations without putting someone's life into risk. So, scientists yeah, can't, can't study it. it. That's, that's the problem. That's this whole ethics thing coming up again. Bloody ethics. Okay. Bloody ethics. Bring back your year of no ethics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the, the common example is someone that lifts up a car when it's fallen on, on someone else. That, yeah, you, that's nearly the only example. I know. Again, like everyone mentions just lifting a car up. It's on Wikipedia, they list 12 examples. 11 of them are lifting a car up. Maybe cars just aren't as heavy as we presumed. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> if you pick it up at the right point, they're actually really light. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. It is all anecdotal evidence, but apparently there isn't really any other... There's no bystander witnessing it saying, yes, this happened. It's only the people involved 
that have happened in these circumstances. Yes, that's right. The person under the car or the person lifting the car. And yeah. very, very rare is there a third report. Except I'd actually looked quite, quite hard on fa- on YouTube for a bit of footage of hysterical strength. Mm. And the only one I could find was one which was, it was titled. Mighty Mouse. Like hysterical strength, man picks up 2,000 pound helicopter. Did you did you see that one? No, I didn't actually search YouTube. Um, amateur, amateur. I was re- reading journal articles, mate. Peer reviewed. <laughs> <Peer review. So, laughs> uh, <laughs> I know this Mickey Mouse stuff. <laughs> so this is scene of a helicopter that that gets a bit out of control and crashes into a riverbank, and some guy, I don't know whether he was the co-pilot or he was just standing around, ran to the aid of the pilot. And you see him try to pull his mate out, but the guy's leg is caught under the helicopter. Mm. And then he goes, right, I'm going to lift it and then get someone else to pull him as I lift the helicopter. And it's all very undramatic in the, in the way that the guy isn't kind of going berserk. He's just kind of looks pretty calmly thinking through what our options here. And then he kind of le- le- lets out a bit of a grunt. The helicopter tilts on its axis and then the other guy pulls the guy out. And this is being mm. used as evidence of hysterical strength. And the people talking in the video are quite emotional about their life being saved. But my favourite thing is in the comments section is someone writes, interesting how he can lift up a helicopter, but he can't lift up his pants because the guy's sporting about six <laughs> inches of bum crack. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> but I was looking at that and they go, so this is what they're saying is a pretty clear example of it. But then lots of the other comments were saying the, the helicopter is in water, so buoyancy might be a factor. The weight of the helicopter is centered around the midpoint. So because it's a curved shape, there might just be momentum that enabled him to push the weight towards the center and the leg came out. So even that isn't really a, a, a full, you know, foregone, foolproof example of hysterical strength. Yeah. I was actually thinking the fact that no one, there hasn't really been any bystanders proving that it exists. And to be honest, if I was a bystander and there was someone stuck under a car and there's one person lifting it out and I didn't help, I'm not owning up to that. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. <laughs> you got your phone out and started recording that. You'd, yeah, exactly. Like a bit of a deal. <laughs> yeah. So, the, the, I guess the lay person explanation of this is, and I just through chatting with people throughout the week. When you speak about it, most people go, yeah, that's the thing. It's adrenaline. It's the mm. surge of adrenaline which lets us use our muscles to a greater capacity than you can on a day-to-day basis. So, at the hormonal level, adrenaline lets our muscles contract more, which gives them extra strength is, is the theory around this. Yeah. But the medical community isn't really on board with this. They're pretty skeptical. They're, they're dead against it. They're dead against it. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I, I saw that was kind of like... Here is an example of how it could work, given we can't test it scientifically, was when you get electrocuted. And when you fly across the room when you've been electrocuted, that's actually because your muscles contract so quickly through the electrical impulse that you then get spurted out. It's not the electricity pushing you across the room. So they're kind of saying, clearly our muscles can do more than what we think they can do. Yeah, it's a theory that, as with other parts of our body, like our brain, apparently we only use a very small percentage of our brain. Mm. we use even smaller than the average percentage. But <laughs> the same thing with the muscles. We're only using a small percentage of what they're actually capable of. And when you get electrocuted, they contract 
much more than we usually use them for, and that's enough to throw us across the room. Yeah, it's interesting. I know, do you look much into the the critics of the of the idea of hysterical strength? Um, a little bit. What did you come up with? <laughs> the old reversal <laughs> question. Switcheroo, I call it. <laughs> I'm going to use that in the next job interview I'm in. I'm not yeah. sure. What, what do you think your best strengths are? <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> There's three. I saw an, just on a completely thing, I saw an interesting meme the other day. Hmm. Not a massive fan of memes, but a, I don't mind a cheeky one. <laughs> and there was a little cartoon and it said, it was an interview and the person being interviewed goes, what, what do you think your biggest weakness is? And the person responds, honesty. And then the interviewer is like, well, I don't really think that's a weakness. And then the, the interviewee goes, I don't give a fuck what you think. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent. It's really good. <laughs> um, I love a meme. I don't know what you're going on about. Memes are the best. Uh, They've got to be good, though. They're good. There's a lot of average memes around there. <laughs> so the, the, the skeptics, I guess, around hysterical strength seem to be three main reasons. One, they just don't reckon adrenaline works that quickly to get to the muscle in those situations. Second critique is around just how there's always, once you actually see an example of hysterical strength like that helicopter one, there's always some physical or physics-based explanation for leverage or suspension or centre of gravity or they kind of look at it and go, yeah, you can actually explain that through physics, not hysterical strength. Hmm. But the main one, and this is, I think, the most interesting one, is biomechanics people or biomechanics experts have studied that humans have three levels of strength. They have the your absolute strength, which is kind of your theoretical ceiling point, the most strength you can possess or the most you can lift. And that's pretty much structurally what your body will allow you to do. And then your lowest point is what they call your maximal strength. And that is when you put conscious effort to lifting a weight, how much can you lift? And then they reckon there's a middle strength between those two poles, which is what they call your competitive mode. So when adrenaline kicks in, you can exceed your normal maximal strength, your conscious effort strength, but you can't reach your absolute strength. And they've studied mm. they've studied weightlifters and powerlifters, <clears throat> and the most they've ever been able to record is ninety two percent of your absolute strength until you your body will essentially break because you can't do any more than that. Yeah. So they're the three levels of strength, and it kind of explains why in Olympics often lots of records are set because the competition's high, the adrenaline's high, people are doing their best in that environment. But so based on the biomechanics of it. They reckon a human cannot lift a 2,000-pound helicopter because your absolute strength is only a certain point. And if you exceed that, your tendons and muscles and bones will collapse structurally and mm. you, you cannot do any more than that. And adrenaline cannot account for that. Yeah. That's probably true. Yeah. So, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to, to argue with that. So, if a, to break it down, if, if you're... If you can lift 200 kilos in the gym, they're saying that you'll never be able to lift more than 300 kilos under any circumstance yeah. before your body will, will break down under the pressure. Yeah, yeah. So, they've, they've kind of pretty much said hysterical strength does not exist. Mm. Bit depressing. It's a little bit. Yeah. It's a little bit. So, if you suck under a car, those guys aren't even going to try. <laughs> they're like, ah, what's the point? It's just... <laughs> 
<laughs> this idea of hysterical strength did lead to a few other interesting little um, search results. Have you ever experienced kind of what they call bullet time or time happening in slow motion? I think so, but I can't actually remember when. Yourself? Yeah. So, I remember when I was a kid. It happened quite a bit. And usually, like, the, the clearest memory of it is when I was playing cricket and someone smacked a hard leather cricket ball at my head at short range. Mm. And I remember, I really distinctly remember that ball coming really slowly towards me. Yeah. And I had time to react to it. A la The Matrix? Is exactly like The Matrix. Yeah, right. So, what's the theory? What's the theory with that? They think it's, re- it's again, it's related to um, these two types of thinking or two types of decision making, rational thinking and experiential thinking. And in normal day-to-day life, we use rational thinking. But when we have to react instinctually to situations, we prune back all of the effort required in thinking and and just think really efficiently. So, essentially, time hasn't slowed down. You are just thinking much, much more quickly. So, it looks as though the world has slowed down. So, in that situation, because I'm obviously panicking, I'm really, really reacting and thinking really quickly and seeing that balls, I have more time to do something about it, even though time isn't actually stopping down. But the whole idea of slow motion time, pretty well established in in physics and, and the psychophysics literature. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's cool. And for the record, stuck out my right mitt right in it while my really? eyes were shut looking the other direction. <laughs> well done. And was that the best catch in little junior cricket? Wasn't even the best one, Donny. Oh, boy. <laughs> <Wasn't>. <laughs> I could reserve a whole podcast for my uh, absolutely fluky catches in cricket. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's hysterical strength. I guess the verdict is probably doesn't actually exist. Except in the case of Warren Groom, who is a <laughs> uh, person that's listened to this podcast and given us a bit of love on Facebook. So he's been with us from the almost the beginning. I think I harassed him randomly on Twitter to listen because he said something about belly button lint or I don't know. I can't even remember. But uh, yeah, hysterical strength getting through all of our episodes so far. Thanks, thanks, Warren. Very, very, uh, very grateful, Warren. Thank you. There's also someone called Rodney on. Uh, iTunes has left a review. It sounds like a little bit of a made-up name. It's kind of like, meh, Rodney. I'm calling Warren Groom did that as well. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> it reminds me of the time that I got caught by the cops when I was a teenager lighting a bonfire in a park, and they kind of pulled us aside and said, you can't do that, what's your name? And I had no ID on me, so I thought I can get away with a bit here. You're going, what's your name? And I've gone, uh, Steve Bennett. That was the. Uh, <laughs> that was my get out of jail free card. Not bad. Oh, and is, that the, is that the naughtiest thing you've ever done? Easily, easily. Yeah. I still don't sleep well at night because of it. Really? <laughs> Just waiting for that knock on the door. Yeah, the, uh, the the girls love the bad boy though. So that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Ooh. naughtiest thing I've ever done, and we're two pretty straight laced guys. Was I was at summer camp in America. And the, I was 21, and I was hanging out with people that are sort of 20 or 19, and I bought some a six-pack of beer, and we went down to the river just to have a beer, and 
I don't know, someone dropped us into the police and then this guy comes on with a big radio and started yelling at us. One of the policemen. Yeah. So that was about it. Supplying alcohol to underage uh, 19-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> There's the... My effectively brother-in-law gives me a bit of a, bit of stick about the fact that we don't know anything about drugs on this podcast. Yeah. When he hears this segment... Is he... <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to cough it. His drug knowledge is pretty good then, by the sounds of it. He wants to come on board as the drug consultant for the show. Maybe we've just done too many drugs that our memory has been affected. That's what I'm... Cause the, <laughs> I've taken so much heroin, I don't even know what it is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, brother-in-law. Take that. <laughs> on that note, we will call it a night. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Got the doobies? Got the doobies?